Good morning. Can I have your attention, please? Good morning. Thank you to everyone for taking your seats. Our program is about to begin. And this morning, we gratefully welcome the Raven Clan singers. Sangai La, good morning. Kaigani Hadas Hinuitkiaang. We are Alaskan Haidas from the Raven Clan. We follow the clan of our mother. We are a matrilineal society. We're happy to share our culture with all of you today. But first, most importantly, we acknowledge that we are on indigenous land today, the traditional home of the Coast Salish people. So raise your hand to the Coast Salish. How ah. Our first song honors the matriarchs of our Haida people, the paddle song.
How ahatala is. Thank you, good people. It's an honor to be here. The next song we will do is to honor the orcas, the killer whales, because we are the people of the ocean. Our people knew the ocean well, and we considered the orcas our family. And so this song is called I Am a Child of the Ocean. And Seattle was a place of trading for indigenous people since time immemorial. And so we wanted to sing this song for your event because you guys are also part of the travel industry. And that's what we did as in our, on our canoes. And the orcas traveled with us. And the translation of this song is, I'm a child of the ocean. I hear her calling to me through the song of my relative killer whale. I hear her calling to me. Sigagit udijang, sigagit udijang. The hokakans skudangang. Thank you, friends, for sharing our culture with us today. Haidas have no word for goodbye in our language. Our language was very close to extinction because our, our ancestors were not allowed to speak it in the schools. But we are bringing it back. So we have no word for goodbye. Instead, we say, We will see you again.
Everyone at the port and all of our partners should be proud of what we accomplished this year. We helped lead our region in recovery from the impacts of a global pandemic. We opened major facilities that set the stage for our future. And we put forward major ambitions for sustainability and equity. With the NCON course and the International Arrival Facility, people are starting to see our vision for the future of SEA. So the next few years will be a time of tremendous transformation. We are breathing life into this building today. and We are grounding it with the values that we uh, are here to celebrate. As the COVID recovery continues, demand for international air travel this summer is surging and travelers in our region are eager to fly. Between the start of the pandemic and this fall, we have added no fewer than nine brand new international services. And we are so excited uh, to welcome all travel travelers from Istanbul to this new international arrivals facility. That's what we're doing with projects to make travel more predictable, increase business opportunities at the airport, but most importantly, to help you connect to the people and places where you need to be. This is such an important moment. We see a new recognition for the future of the ocean economy. We have so much potential here in Puget Sound to be a leader in maritime. This is a great day for our customers. The reality is we're bringing extra capacity here to the Pacific Northwest, to the Puget Sound area. The cruise season is back. We are back. Like many businesses, we had to pivot and adjust to the magnitude of changes coming our way. Having the cruise ship industry back in port on the Seattle waterfront is such a relief to my business. I rely on these boats to bring guests to my business from all over the world. To get there, we really have to press forward with innovation, sustainability, and equity as our core principles. Well, first and foremost, our priority is to become the most sustainable port in the country, and that requires innovation. We are now just beginning an exploration on interacting with the vessels through the Quiet Sound program. The fact that people are even worrying about measuring noise, that awareness is critical. The community asked for the Port of Seattle to build a safe, clean gathering space for the Duwamish Valley communities. We are part of a global movement that is literally going to make the world a more sustainable and safer place. When we talk about equity and inclusion, we really stress that this work takes a long time. But you can and should press for progress every year. Yeah, so we just launched the Career Launch Program, and really that program focuses on creating pathways to permanent jobs. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving the energy. I'm loving the fact that everybody came out. I mean, this is the first event that we've had in almost two years. It's a remarkable testament to our employees and community partners, because I believe you can say this is the foundation for the way we work today. Nothing about the last two years has been certain or easy. But we stayed focused on our mission and adapted to every new challenge that came our way. Thanks to all of our employees and partners, we continue to deliver for people and the planet. Morning, everyone. How's everybody doing? Thank you for joining us this morning for the 2023 State of the Port of Seattle Breakfast. For the past two years, because of the pandemic, this, brought, this was broadcast as a virtual event from a soundstage in, in Sodo. It's much better to be here in person, wouldn't you think? I mean, don't you think? Yeah. But it's also great, you know, one of the lessons coming out of the pandemic is it's also great because we have those that can't make it today are with us virtually. So I think that's one of the hybrid type things that we've learned, I think, uh, coming out of the pandemic. I appreciate everyone taking this time this morning. The Port of Seattle touches everyone's life here in the region and, in fact, the state, whether people know it or not. So taking time to reflect on the near past and our future is time well spent. Another way we understand our past and work towards our future is by acknowledging the native people who called this land home and who continue to work and live here. Keeping in mind the integrity of this territory and the sovereignty of native tribes is an important part of how we work towards our future. 
together. I have a few more acknowledgments I need to make this morning. I want to recognize the many elected and consular officials and staff representatives joining us here today. Today we have some of the strongest alignment on policy priorities that I've seen between the port and elected leaders at every level of government. Thank you for all of your support and continuing efforts. Thank you also to our Museum of Flight hosts and their staffs, including those who prepared and are serving our breakfast this morning. And I also want to thank the Raven Clan singers, the Highland Jazz Ensemble, Seattle Colleges and Port staff and others who made today's event possible. And let's give them a round of applause. The Port is not a standalone organization. It is a partnership of tenants, vendors, contractors, concessionaires, and neighbors. Our success is your success and vice versa. I want you to know how much I value our connection and for what, we, uh, what you do to help us deliver to the region and beyond. And together, we delivered a lot in 2022. With our airline tenant and labor partners, we substantially recovered operations at Seattle Tacoma International Airport this year. Domestic travel is back, and with a lot of pent-up demand, as anybody who's traveled through SEA knows that. We also opened the new International Rivals facility in May. This signature facility opened just in time to welcome the, recover of the recovery of global air travel. Demand for international service to Seattle remains high due to our uh, critical location between both Asia and Europe. We welcome four new international services to SEA. Air Tahiti Nui to Papite Tahiti, Air Canada to Montreal, Turkish Air to Istanbul, and Finnair to Helsinki. We're thinking about coming up with a special award for those, that person or persons that travel to all four of those destinations. We actually have more international services today than we did before the pandemic, which is a testament to the strength of, uh, of our airport. By the end of 2022, we were just 11% down from record high passenger volume in 2019, and we anticipate that we could potentially exceed pre-pandemic passenger volumes as early as 2023 or 2024. Turning to Maritime, our cruise and tourism partners, with our cruise and tourism partners, we hosted a record-setting cruise season. When we lost an entire cruise season in 2020, I said that cruise would come back safer, more healthy, and better than before, and we have. Not just by setting new passenger volume records, but also by leading a new initiative to explore the creation of the world's first cruise-led green corridor between here and Alaska. This groundbreaking initiative is a partnership with other ports and cities in Alaska and British Columbia, the cruise industry and environmental groups. Together, looking at the feasibility of using low or zero carbon fuels in operations for cruise ships operating on the Washington, British Columbia, and Alaska itineraries. With our community, industry, and labor partners, we also opened two more marquee projects in 2022. The new Duwamish River People's Park and Shoreline Habitat, and the Northwest Seaport Alliance with the Northwest Seaport Alliance, the first phase of the modernized Terminal 5. Regarding reducing our carbon footprint, we are ahead of schedule. Last year, we reduced our greenhouse gas emissions at the airport by 50% through the purchase of renewable natural gas. And by the way, this year, our maritime division will do the same. This will help reduce our maritime scope one and two emissions by almost half while we work on long-term solutions in building out electrification. With our community and local partners, we launched or grew economic opportunity and community-led environmental initiatives as well. We did all of that together while confronting national and global crosswinds or stormy seas, pick your metaphor if you're maritime or aviation. The uncertainty we faced with inflation, employee vacancies, surges in passenger demand, the war in Ukraine, economic inequities, the lingering pandemic and climate change impacts made our achievements in 2022 all the more remarkable. And yet these challenges also make it clear that you need for us to deliver at an even higher level as we go forward. That is our plan for 2023. 
This year we'll take on the largest set of capital improvement projects in our history. The airport's five-year, $4.6 billion capital improvement plan will make our airport safer, more efficient, and more sustainable. Due to the work in our small footprint, however, at times you may feel like you're flying out of a construction zone. It is because we build, we're actually re rebuilding our aircraft as we're flying it, and that's just where we are. Therefore, in 2023, we will launch a new upgrade SEA campaign to help you fly past construction impacts from curb to gate. This up, these upgrade SEA projects are under construction now to improve the experience for the demand we have today. And anybody who's experienced our new facilities can see where we, where we were and then what the new facilities that we have. But we're also planning for your future. We are working on our commitment to make our airport as efficient and sustainable as possible and make the best use of the limited footprint that we have at SEA. We are conducting an environmental review of our Sustainable Airport Master Plan, or SAMP. The plan, the SAMP, proposes meeting future demand with more than 30 near-term projects that will improve capacity, efficiency, safety, and access at the airport. The publication of the draft environmental assessment, federal environmental assessment of our SAMP has been extended but is still underway. We look forward to continuing our work with the community and the FAA to prepare for the release of the draft environmental assessment in 2024. On the waterfront, our maritime and economic development capital projects will spend $522 million over the next five years to improve safety and sustainability, provide good paying construction and maritime industrial jobs, and anchor our region as a maritime leader. Projects underway in 2023 include vessel berth replacements and uplands development at Terminal 91, building out cruise ship shore power at Pier 66, and the final steps towards construction of the Maritime Innovation Center at Fisherman's Terminal, where we will be taking one of the oldest buildings on port property and turning it into not just the home of sustainable maritime innovation, but one of the greenest buildings ever to be built in our region. This year, we're also supporting the Northwest Seaport Alliance on the second phase of Terminal 5, one of the most critical maritime modernization projects in our harbor. This impressive project is possible because of our strong partnership with the Port of Tacoma through the Northwest Seaport Alliance. NWSA Chief Operating Officer, or CEO actually, CEO John Wolf continues to be a fantastic partner, and I want to recognize the success of this joint endeavor. Our community investments will also increase this year. In 2023, the port will add $2.5 million to spending on community-focused programs for environmental initiatives and economic equity for a total of $19.1 million in 2023. These investments support workforce development, the South King County Community Impact Fund, diversity and contracting programs, major initiatives from our Office of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, and tourism marketing support for Washington State destinations. It takes a strong team to accomplish this amount of work that we have planned, in, in, and we have one here at the Port of Seattle. This year, the Port will make a larger investment in people and programs, the largest that we've had ever, than ever before. The success, the success of our Port in the region depends on our people being safe, trained, resourced, and ready for the work ahead. Last year, we onboarded more than 560 employees for new positions in, in backfill, which is twice as many as we onboarded in 2021. And all of you can imagine what that, you know, what that feels like to onboard that number of people. Uh, and we're not done yet, and there are many positions available. Matter of fact, we are hiring. So I'm gonna call out Katie Gerard our Senior Director for Human Resources, uh, if you're looking to make a change. And trust me, this is a great place to work. I also want to point out, uh, talking about HR, is that um, I talked about the success of the IEF and, and accomplishing that. And uh, we have a long-term employee, uh, the Chief Operating Officer, Dave Soike, who's over here. Dave doesn't want to be recognized, but... Uh, Dave has over 40 years at the Port of Seattle, is an incredible resource, is my right 
hand person and uh, really David will be retiring in the first quarter of this year and uh, in front of this crowd this will be the last time he's here as a chief operating officer and he's now the deputy executive director and I want to recognize Dave in front of this group for his contributions for those 40 years. Like many of you, for the past three years, our work has been heavily defined by our response to the pandemic. You know, I was just, just reflecting uh, um, with David Fukuhara about, uh, about how, the, uh, um, how sometimes it seems like these past three years, sometimes it's gone by like that, and sometimes it's been stretched out and it seems like dog years in those years. But we're on the other side. I knew we would get here. I just didn't know when we were going to get here, but we're here now. Um, you know, we help lead our region's recovery uh, by focusing on the health and safety of employees, travelers, workers, and the community, and we did that together. And by keeping our gateways operating, advancing our capital projects, and further investing in our community. Today, I believe we're finally at a place where we can spend less time responding to the pandemic and instead spend more time focused on the future. It feels good to be here. Later in the program, Commission President Sam Cho will share more on that vision of the future. Please know that we're not naive about the scale of the challenges and uncertainty we will face in 2023 and beyond. However, we are confident that we are prepared, and just as important, our connection to all of you makes us more effective and an innovative organization. Our connection to you is what makes the current state of the port strong. On behalf of the entire port, thank you for helping us deliver every day. It is my privilege as an executive director to work daily with your representatives, our port commission. Commissioners Calkins, Cho, Fellman, Hasegawa, and Mohammed each bring to the port the values of the community they represent, as well as incredibly rich lived and professional experience. The diversity and experience of our commission is one of our greatest strengths. Last year, Commissioner Ron Calkins led our commission as its president. Commissioner Calkins is a strong visionary leader who pushed us forward to address the challenges to prepare for the future as well. I want to thank Commissioner Calkins for his leadership this last year. So with that, it is now my honor to, and pleasure to introduce Commissioner Ryan Calkins. Commissioner Calkins. And I'm going to start by returning the favor. Uh, Steve and I joined the port about a month apart. Um, it was one of the first decisions that I got to make as a commissioner-elect, actually, was to sit down with Steve and, and interview him as he was a finalist for the role of executive director. And I think it's the best decision I've made as a commissioner to, to bring this man on. So let's give executive director a hand. which dovetails perfectly with the one message I'm going to try to get across here uh, this morning in, in the couple of minutes that I have. As I was reflecting on what I wanted to share about the state of the port in my two minutes, uh, I kept going back to this children's song that I sang as a kid in Sunday school. And so some of you may know it who came out of a similar tradition. Uh, but the, the chorus is pretty simple. It, it says, the church is not a building. The church is not a steeple. The church is not a resting place. The church is a people. And for me, that notion applies to our port as well. As we consider the state of the port, I want us to understand that the port is not a marina. The port is not a concourse. The port is not a warehouse. The port is its people. And today, I can say to you, I don't think we've ever had a stronger set of people at the port than today. Maybe you saw the coverage this, just this last week of some of the remarkable people who make up the Port of Seattle. The Seattle Times covered George Blomberg and his 40 years of work recovering the Duwamish River after years and years of industrial misuse. Uh, the KUOW, did a story on police officer Michelle Bruegel, who has pioneered a path-breaking program at, at SEA called SEA Cares, where she works with those folks who come to the airport who are experiencing homelessness, and she works to find them services. Uh, that was picked up by national press because of how path-breaking it is. 
And of course, I'm sure many of you saw the articles covering the historic election of Commissioners Cho and Hasegawa to be our officers this year at the Commission. Truly, these are just a few of the hundreds and thousands of stories of remarkable work by the people who make up the Port of Seattle. And I am truly grateful to get to be one of those thousands of people who make up this institution. But it's not just our badged employees who are the people who make up the port. Uh, we are just a small part of the ecosystem that is the port. In fact, at virtually all of our facilities, except maybe headquarters, the vast majority of, of port people aren't badged employees. Instead, they're the baggage handlers who work for the airlines, or the dray truck drivers who are taking the containers to and from the port, or the tenants and small business owners at Fisherman's Terminal and elsewhere in our ecosystem. And today I get to introduce a video about just a, one little slice of that port ecosystem of people. It's the small business owners who have made SEA a place to grow their business and to make the airport more vibrant and welcoming for our passengers. And so as I cue that up, I know that I'm walking away today this morning uh, with a sentiment that I didn't expect to get today, which is, and I'm going to use my last moment to say this, I'm excited to know that we will see you again. And so with that, I'm going to turn it over to the video. We've been lucky enough to uh, utilize our studio and our glass artists to uh, support our community. And SeaTac Airport, again, is a great opportunity to celebrate what we do and what we make. When we first opened up, it was like everybody was curious to look at the shop to see what products we have. As time goes on, people tend to buy more and more stuff. Glass Eye Studio was found in 1978 at the Pike Place Market originally. It was found by a bunch of people that wanted to blow glass and make art and celebrate Pacific Northwest. Starting in the Pike Place Market, they were on a mission to uh, share the medium of glass blowing. And uh, today we celebrate that tradition of uh, Glass Eye Studio. So our kiosk program started back in 2014 and it is an opportunity for us to offer micro businesses an opportunity to come to the airport with limited to no investment. There's a lot of shops in the port of Seattle, so we thought about there's no introduction of African market, so they gave us opportunity for this kiosk, and then if we do well on this kiosk, it goes to a bigger store, that's what we're hoping to do. Port has values of continuing to offer small business opportunities, but we do that so strongly within this program. We really believe in incubating small business, giving them a chance here, and helping them grow and develop. And we've had a lot of success stories. Port Seattle's been great. We've been so lucky. Uh, everyone's been so supportive from the, from the onset. The whole process was very transparent, was very easy to go through. They were very supportive, very helpful getting us through the process. It's just been a great opportunity, again, to talk to people about what Glass Eye Studio does, what we do, what we make, uh, who we are. I uh, really like to you know, thank again Port of Seattle because they make it easier for us to open up. Actually, they help us in a lot of ways on designing the store and putting the front of the pictures and stuff like that. So that introduction helped us a lot. So I, I really want to thank the Port of, Port of Seattle. You know? The best part about it is that we really are focused on making the airport industry accessible to everyone. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? Let's try that again. How are you feeling? All right. Well, my name is Toshiko Hasegawa. I have the honor of serving as Port of Seattle Commissioner and this year as Vice President of the Commission. And I'm truly so honored to be with you all here this morning to help showcase the amazing work that's underway here at the Port of Seattle. I came to this institution a little over a year ago with the philosophy that economic growth and environmental policy, public health and social justice all go hand in hand. That when you advance goals in one of these areas, then it's going to support all of the others. And I believe that we possess the expertise, the resources and the partnerships needed to answer to our collective challenges, climate change, a recession, attrition, poverty, and illness, 
but it's gonna take all people coming to the table. The Port of Seattle is uniquely positioned to be a convener for industries, businesses, labor, and communities to come together and help chart our shared course forward. It's an exciting moment to be at the Port of Seattle where we're poised to make a holistic, positive change for people and our planet. You see, America's at the brink of a paradigm shift, one where we step out of a fossil fuel paradigm and into a modern, competitive, and sustainable future. And that shift is starting right here at our doorstep. I am so proud of the leadership that the port has demonstrated thus far in helping facilitate a just transition. We're traveling the world to understand how we can shape our supply chain to promote clean fuel industries like hydrogen and offshore wind and solar. We successfully lobbied the state legislature and Congress for investments into modern infrastructure and alternative fuels. We've already received about $100 million in federal grants from the bipartisan infrastructure law. We're going for more from that and from the new Inflation Reduction Act. We're exploring the prospect of high-speed rail to efficiently accommodate our region's growing transportation needs. Aviation and maritime are revolutionizing their technology, their operations, and their culture. And the port has quadrupled its investment into career readiness programs like the Youth Maritime Initiative and Green Jobs. We've expanded our programs, supporting women and minority-owned businesses, labor and apprenticeships, and nonprofits, and proudly, as Executive Director Metric mentioned, we earmarked a historic $19 million for community programs, projects, and partnerships, including with historically excluded communities in South King County, the Duwamish Valley, and South Seattle. This past year has laid an incredible foundation for the honest work ahead. Indeed, it's what we do next and how we do it that matters the very most. Now, I wanna leave you with two powerful examples of how we can come to the table together. First of all, is PCAT in the house? I would like to take one moment to shout you out, as well as the Duwamish River Community Coalition and the many other organizations involved in the tenacious work to promote a healthy Duwamish River as well as its adjacent neighborhoods. And that includes the relief that you recently provided to families impacted by the king tide last December. This is environmental justice in action. You keep leading. And second, give it up for PCAT. And second, this year we opened the long-awaited, much-needed, and community-named Duwamish River People's Park. Nothing is impossible. We can clean the river. And this park is the proof. This work is a model and an inspiration for the future. So thank you all for your part in helping us achieve our mission in promoting economic opportunities and quality of life in an environmentally sustainable and equitable way. It's truly an honor to be a part in partnership with all of you. Thank you. I moved here when I was 10, and I could tell you that I've never put my feet in that water in my whole life. But it took me a while to really like think back on that and say, damn, man, I live next to a river and I never ever went in it. And it was this uns unsaid thing, like don't go in a river, right? And so that's kind of wild to think about. So the Duwamish River is a super fun site, and it was declared in 2001 when our organization was created. And we want to make sure that community that is impacted directly by the Superfund uh, gets to have a seat on the table and a voice to make sure that it's the people who are living impacted, the ones who are making the decisions on how that river should be clean. It's such a new space for us and now having it as a habitat and restoration site and also known as a park um, and having that access to the water will be a life changing for our community members. This site is the most significant habitat restoration site uh, in the city of Seattle in the past in the, the most in the last generation. Certainly the biggest on the Duwamish. 
My hope is that Remains is a great asset to the community, that community can care for it, that this gives a good example for other and for the port that we can make things happen in the right way when we want to and when we have the willingness to it and when we listen to community. And so what does it look like to for the port to reimagine what it looks like to center the community and really look at the community as partners where all the things that are operating at the port, you know, you have neighbors right next door that can do a lot of that work. And I think the port is like, doing some of that. Uh, the future is continued partnerships, continuing to take advice and take guidance from communities most impacted by port operations and, and port, port impact. And this is just the perfect example of this just going really well. Good morning. Hello. Well, nice to see you all. Um, I'm your Port of Seattle Commissioner, Fred Fellerman, and uh, despite this uh, ungodly hour, it's great to see you all here today and um, really is uh, epitomizes the theme of my uh, brief comments today, that it's the partnerships that make us what we are. So thanks for showing up. Now, this picture of me at the Pacific Shipyard um, underneath the, uh, the uh, Virginia Five sort of depicts my age. I think it's sort of symbolic of my age, but it also underscores how I want to um, really express my uh, appreciation, both for the partnerships I've formed over the past seven years with uh, dedicated commissioners and staff as they change. I can tell you how great it is to work with this group of folks, as well as the staff who make things like this possible. So I would like you to join me in thanking the staff as well as giving it up again for the Raven Clan singers, please. <clears throat> so, as I said, strong partnerships are needed to build a resilient economy, which is intrinsically linked to the environment and our way of life. That's especially in light of the, such challenges as climate change, the declining declination of our natural resources, as well as the need to attract enough skilled tradespeople, especially those in the labor movement, who are critical to building a just transition to a sustainable economy. Now I'd like to share a few examples of those partnerships, and let's start with the big one, climate change. So it's often referred to as an existential threat, but it's also said often that big challenges bring big opportunities. So one of the ways the port is working to reduce our carbon footprint is by bringing sustainable aviation fuels, or SAF, to SEA. Since SAF is not produced from petroleum, its use significantly reduces both the emissions of CO2 as well as conventional pollutants, thereby benefiting the environment, the climate, and communities. We continue to make progress by working in partnership with airlines, Boeing, King County, WSU, and DOD, as well as state and federal lawmakers to incentivize the use and production of SAF in Seattle, the whole region. Now, for example, King County and the Port just jointly funded a study, good timing, to uh, see about financing the use of the county's municipal waste which otherwise would go to its rapidly filling Cedar Hills landfill as a feedstock for SAF. And we're exploring opportunities with DOD to refine it locally. Now on to tourism, and I appreciate all those uh, appreciations of thanks here. That the, as the owner of the largest airport in the region and the busiest cruise operation on the West Coast, tourism is a big part of who we are as a port. It's also a great example of our collaboration and st with stakeholders, including Washington State Tourism, Visit Seattle, and many small women and minority-owned businesses. Serving on the Visit Seattle Board of Directors and being recently appointed to the U.S. Department of Commerce's Travel and Tourism Advisory Council, I'm keenly aware of the importance tourism has played toward the recovery of both the service industry in Seattle and Alaska. My current focus is on expanding the interest in those attractions to benefit more rural parts of Washington State, which, re which retain some of the best examples of our nation's natural diversity. To that end, this past fall, the, the port partnered with the State of Washington Tourism to produce the first responsible outdoor travel summit. 
The goal of the summit was to identify ways that travelers from all walks of life can experience the great outdoors while stewarding natural and cultural assets they visit. Now, I can't make these remarks without mentioning one of my favorite subjects, killer whales. So my background as a killer whale biologist may be novel to Port Commissioner. I bet you there was never one before. But it turns out to be pertinent in that the port has, significantly, has significant cleanup and habitat re restoration projects, as you've heard of some, underway from kelp to killer whales. It's also critical that the port retains good working relations with tribal governments, whose reverence for the whales has been part of building my tribal relations and professional success. And I think our Raven Clan singers did a great job of reinforcing that point. So one of the ways the port is involved with aiding the whale's recovery is by helping reduce underwater noise that masks the sonar the whales use to detect salmon. And that's my photograph. Slowing vessel speed reduces the underwater noise, and since 2014, the Port of Vancouver's ECHO program has demonstrated that high degree to which mariners are willing to participate in this voluntary slowdown program when the whales are present. With seed funding from the ports of Seattle, Tacoma, the Northwest Seaport Alliance, along with the state legislature and agencies, a diverse group comprised of tribal governments, maritime professionals, and NGOs created the Quiet Sound program for Washington Waters, which just wrapped up its first successful slowdown pilot project this month. You're getting idea there's a lot of commas, a lot of partnerships, right? So in closing, I'd like to mention one of our newest partners, the Seattle Aquarium. The port recently signed an MOU with the aquarium that includes the development of a Puget Sound walk exhibit, which will be incorporated in their ocean pavilion that's under construction below the Pike Place Market. You saw it, which creates all that good traffic. So over a million, over a million visitors a year will be able to learn about the port's great environmental work and innovative job opportunities in the maritime industry as they look out over Elliott Bay from the expanded aquarium. So let me end by saying thanks again and being here for all our partners who are helping us rise to the challenges as well as the opportunities of the day. And now I'd like to introduce this short film about our partnership with the Seattle Aquarium. Thanks again. Yeah, the partnership with the port provides you know, a whole host of resources you know, critical to us in achieving our mission. And of course, you know, the more diverse our partnerships are in the conservation space, the more effective we're going to be as conservation organizations. The mission of the Seattle Aquarium is inspiring conservation of our marine environment. And we pursue that mission in a whole host of ways. Now, for one, we have this incredible facility with live animals that inspire wonder and curiosity. Uh, we also work in communities and schools, of course, where we're trying to help people understand their connection to the ocean and what they can do to help the ocean survive and thrive. It is exciting to work with the port because we work with them in so many different ways. For one, we've got a great new exhibit that we're planning together in our new Ocean Pavilion building. It's focused on human-generated sound and its impact on wildlife. And I think it's an exciting opportunity to talk about not only a, a topic that a lot of people probably don't have a lot of awareness of, but also the, the work that the port's doing on mitigation strategies and, and different technologies that will help to minimize that sound as much as possible. We've had great conversations with the port around uh, inspiring youth to consider maritime careers. Everything from marine biologists to engineers to pilots. And the more that we can help young people see these careers, uh, the more pathways we create. I think it helps the maritime industry, it helps young people, and it, it helps the, the future of the ocean as well. Uh, the ability to tell a story together about human-generated sound and its impact on, on wildlife that's really exciting because I think there's an opportunity here for people to look at the Port of Seattle and ports in general in a different way. And so if you can challenge people and challenge their assumptions about the function of a port, what it should accomplish, uh, its role in the community, its role in conservation, then I think people will expect more from them and be proud of the work that the port's doing here in Seattle. Good morning. 
My name is Hamdi Mohammed, and I am one of your Port of Seattle commissioners. It is truly an honor to be here with all of you, to be here in person. The State of the Port is actually one of my favorite events because it gives us the opportunity to reflect on what we have accomplished together and where we're going in the future. You get to hear about the status of the port's recovery from the pandemic and what we are projecting for the future. The progress on the most critical infrastructure projects from the opening of T5, we're still celebrating the opening of the West Seattle Bridge, and also the changes to our community programs and environmental investments. Specifically, I want to talk about some of the investments we've made in workforce development and how it continues to be a top priority for the Port of Seattle. We've seen it all in the last two years. At the beginning of the pandemic, we were doing everything we could to save jobs. Now we are doing everything we can to bring back workers into port-related industries. Workforce development programs that maintain a consistent pipeline of interested employees is the best buffer against those swings in the labor market. I was very proud that one of the first things I did was help direct cruise recovery revenues towards and expand, uh, to expand our youth workforce development program, a $4.1 million investment in the Youth Career Launch Program explores how we take a crisis response program into the future. Secondly, we've made major progress on our critical infrastructure program uh, projects this last year. Port Construction supports about 1,300 full-time and part-time construction jobs per month. And we think we're doing it right. We are outperforming our goals with apprenticeship job, apprenticeships and job opportunities for women and people of color on those projects. Also, as a commissioner living near the airport and experiencing firsthand the unique issues that th that community faces, I want to also highlight some of our investments in South King County. I want to highlight the South King County Impacted Fund that supports over 40 organizations that has helped plant over 700 trees um, and that is also support that has supported over 3,000 educational trainings. The Port of Seattle recognizes that we need to be a good neighbor to those who are living near the airport. Since 1985, the port has provided noise installation for about 9,400 homes and 250 condominium union, union, units. There are still many issues. There are still many homes that require installation. We still have a lot of work to do. We are focusing on bringing additional funds to the table and are lobbying at the state level and lobbying at Congress, lobbying Congress to support this priority in the FAA authorization bill. I want to continue this work and accelerate it where possible so that everyone who is qualified gets the fix quickly. In closing, there is a lot of work ahead of us We've planted the seeds for more progress in the next few years. And rest assured that the Port of Seattle, the Northwest Seaport Alliance, are working hard to ensure our investments, our activities, and engagement support, support communities and those across our city, state, and region. Lastly, as commissioners, many of us work full-time jobs outside of our official duties. I can say with certainty that these port accomplishments have only been possible thanks to the hard work of thousands of staffs, staff members, workers, and community members, from airport baggage handlers to operators at our grain terminals, from our economic development team to our longshoremen. I also am grateful to the contribution of every member of our port community, all of you. You should give yourselves a round of applause. This work can't happen without all of us. Um, now I have the honor of introducing our South King County Community Impact Fund grant um, and Key Tech Lab uh, located in Shark Garden. 
they are uplifting our diverse community in South King County. I've toured that site and the work that they're doing is phenomenal. Um, if you guys get a chance, you should check them out. Thank you for the time. Uh, it's been wonderful. The community has come out. They take care of the garden. And I think the port as an example of a larger org that's helping to support this with a lot of these projects being funded by the Port of Seattle. But the community is the first ones who come and take care of the land itself. My name is Adam Powers and I'm the executive director of Keytech Labs. And Keytech is a nonprofit organization where our mission is to bring emerging technologies to underprivileged areas to help create self-sustainable communities. Uh, well, this garden is Shark Garden, and this used to be a baseball field, and it got converted into a 1.9 acre garden where we produce two tons of food that goes to the food bank. The rest of the land is used for a pea patch where community members come in and they take care of their own part. So this is a community center for just everybody to come and learn about food. And what we've also done is installed a solar system with the help of a local solar company called Sphere Solar, a black-owned uh, energy company that installed a solar microgrid. That just means some solar panels with a battery. So now we have energy on the land as well as growing food. And soon we'll also have what's called an air to water generator, which means we'll be able to generate our own water, food, and electricity completely sustainable in the middle of the community, for the community, and by the community. I think the port has done so much to support not just this land, but Keytech Labs and the other nonprofits in the South King County area. We're getting community support, but the Port of Seattle stepped up in so many different ways for this garden. I think we have a total of five projects right here that have been supported by the Port of Seattle for the last seven years. So I think the overall support from Port of Seattle and organizations like Alinian and just the community makes this place very special. All right, so for the sixth and last time, good morning. I'm the cleanup act. My name is Sam Cho, Port of Seattle Commissioner and Commission President. I want to first and foremost thank everyone who made today's event possible. Steve, thank you for setting the stage this morning. I know we are all grateful for your leadership and the work of your team. I also want to take a moment to thank the staff of this event specifically, in particular our, our wonderful servers. Can we give them a round of applause? Thank you so much for your amazing work. I want to build on something Steve said earlier this morning, that the diversity and experience of our commission is one of our port's greatest strengths. I believe that this is true at every level of the port. And I believe that we have seen the power of our diversity this morning. It is a point of pride to us, and I believe everyone in this room, that this Port Commission is the most racially representative commission in the Port of Seattle's history. In fact, this time last year, for the first time in 110 years, two women of color joined the commission. And just last week, myself and Commissioner Hazegawa were elected by our peers to serve as president and vice president of the commission. Thank you. Marking the first time in the Port of Seattle's history that the commission is led by two Asian Americans. But as great as it is to make history, it is more important to set our eyes on the future. And the future is not something that we just enter in time. It is something that we create. And we have a strong vision for a port of the future. A future that makes us the greenest port in North America. A future that embraces new technology and innovation. A future that continues to celebrate and embrace our diversity and strives for equity and inclusion. It is a vision for a port that we don't just want to be, but a port of the future that we must be. Last year, I had the privilege of visiting the port of Busan in South Korea on behalf of the Northwest Seafood Port Alliance, Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt, 
for the United Nations COP27 Climate Change Conference, and Tokyo and Kobe, Japan, as part of a leadership delegation. And it became quite clear to me, after meeting with leaders around the world, that the port of Seattle is no longer just a small regional port, but a port that is leading in many facets on a global level. But while leading the pack is a good thing, it also became clear to me that we cannot solve our greatest economic and environmental problems by using the same kind of thinking we use to create them. And we cannot solve our greatest challenges by pursuing them alone. In South Korea, I met the leaders who would become our partners to study new decarbonized green container shipping corridor between Busan and the Puget Sound. In Japan, I saw the potential to collaborate and adopt the new, new technologies on hydrogen and high-speed rail. In Egypt, I met leaders of nations who are anxious to move forward in partnership on reversing the trends of climate change. Everywhere I went, I met willing and able partners on a global level. That is why we are so invested in our collaboration and partnership with partners, foreign and domestic. For instance, this year we will launch a pilot project to finally bring one million gallons of sustainable aviation fuel to our airport. In an innovative move, the port will purchase the community air benefits of sustainable aviation fuels. Not only does this bring sustainable avi aviation fuels into our market and reduce pollution in our community, it also starts to test our local infrastructure as we prepare to scale up its use in the Puget Sound. This can only be possible through the commitment and partnership of our major airlines. We're also part of a multi-state collaboration seeking to develop production and distribution of green hydrogen as part of the new Department of Energy's hydrogen hub. As a preliminary step, we are already underway with hydrogen safety studies through the Pacific Northwest National Lab. And in addition to exploring new decarbonized fuels, we are very excited about the potential of using machine learning to help improve efficiency and reduce emissions from airplanes, cars, and trucks. Leveraging this new technology will allow us to monitor our gates and our airport surfaces, which will help us to turn off more engines, reduce idling, and provide incentives to help effectively move to lower carbon transportation choices. But do not be mistaken, becoming a port of the future and a clean energy hub will also lead to new economic opportunities. It will lead to jobs. Through our Green Jobs Initiative, the Maritime Blue Accelerator, Community Business Connector Program, and a new export initiative in partnership with the U.S. Small Business Administration, we can accelerate growth and prosperity while simultaneously ensuring that we include communities that have been historically left behind by connecting them with the opportunities that come with a thriving, innovative, and well-run port. We all need to work together to ensure that those opportunities are equitable. Our gateways and capital improvement projects already support tens of thousands of jobs and billions in sales and transactions. Our clean energy transition will create another critical source of economic activity for our community. The promise of a new and emerging technology like offshore wind will create job opportunities that never existed before. And as our community leaders and partners, we are asking, how can we help you be ready for that? What I hope you take away from today's state of the port is that the state of the port of Seattle is not just healthy, but it is strong and powerful. And that power stems from our diversity. And I'm no longer just talking about the diversity of our people and the commission, but what allows us to be powerful and takes us to the global playing field is the breadth of our work. From the docks of our harbor to the runways of the airport, from our cruise terminals to our grain terminals, from real estate to commercial fishing, many ports have these things. But no port could claim that they have all of these things. I challenge anyone in this room to find a port in North America that is as diverse and as well diversified in businesses as we are. I know from having traveled to many ports and can say with the utmost confidence 
that we are a global leader in everything that we do precisely because there's so much that we do. Very few ports in the world can say that they have it all, but we do. And so as we modernize Seattle-Tacoma International Airport through Upgrade SEA uh, and continue to welcome more routes and destinations, as we modernize our maritime industries and our facilities and build out our approach to a clean energy future, we continue to diversify our port and our regional economy. That diversity is our strength. It is why today the state of the port is strong and getting stronger. It is why we embark on a bold vision. It is why we are asking for your partnership. Together, we can build the port of the future. So thank you for joining us this morning, and let's get to building. Thank you.